Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me at the table is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Still weird to be at the table, but it's still weird to be this close to you. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can stop touching me at any moment. I don't want to, but I can't be heard on the microphone unless I'm this close to it. I'm excited to be at the table though, because that means I have another person that I can talk to for the next hour to hour and a half about movies. Yeah, yeah. And there's not many people in the world I think I like to talk movies with more. That is such an accurate statement. Then our guest today, our first guest of 2022, for our first movie of 2022 i cannot believe this is the first movie that i watched in this movie. <laughs> well we watched just put that out and we watched a lot of movies lately which we're going to yeah, get into here in a minute joining us from his home robert calamberti how's it going hello. baby hello hello mullet hello sam it is an absolute honor and privilege and a joy to be here thank you for having me we're so happy of to have course you. Yes. i've kind of had like like little quiet reasons as to why like everyone's been on the month they in they're in like whether it be like their birthday or like something like related to that person's like connection and for you january November is too full yeah it's a november sorry <laughs> understandable so january, i was like too many birthdays i remember uh january uh is royal rumble month and my birthday month um and robert is uh, was one of the groomsmen at my wedding yeah. um he is is all intents and purposes one of one of my brothers in life oh. and he once quote said to me that the royal rumble was like one of the most important things in his life <laughs> so i was like <laughs> yes yeah, so i was like there's there's no way that i'm not going to have him on for january and it worked out perfectly i normally do like a wrestler related movie this month and we had a wrestler in this movie which we'll get mm-hmm. into so yeah. yes indeed together like very holistic yeah so if you're curious as to why i picked january i was like well that's just the earliest time i feel like it made sense i could get you on so oh well thank you i i so appreciate it and um well i'm surprised at the words i use to describe the rumble significance to me i'm actually not and honestly like in kind of my life in the past like decade or whatever i've kind of been different cities and stuff so mm-hmm. holidays and like typical traditions mm-hmm. like have kind of been in flux and like the rumble is one of the most like reliable traditions in Absolutely. my life. It is. Yeah. It's it's going to be don't a celebrate his birthday on his birthday anymore. No, I, I've lost too many family members the week of my oh birthday. My so I wait, oh. I wait, I wait two weeks until I can be around all of my best friends and watch the best wrestling event of the year. Sometimes. That is my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And this year is going to be a, a big ass be- one. We got we got a, a great group of people that are going to be here live for it, and the Rumble itself. They've already announced a lot of cool things. Johnny Knoxville is announced for the official Men's Rumble. I did uh, see that. So yeah, and it's, it'll be on a Saturday, so and it's, it's and it's better. on a Saturday. It's like three weeks away. Um, well, Robert is no podcast 
newbie either. Robert is one of my favorite podcasters as well. Just gonna, just gonna, just gonna keep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him such a bill of goods. He cannot fall flat. Constantly request to be on the show like every week just to hear you talk about the former co-host of uh uh retired no of retired um arcade audio podcast picked up which i love that show and it was very very good and robert was uh, an old veteran of a rock cast which is a podcast that was predated arcade audio it was a podcast that we did with with our improv group back in college Uh, you're not allowed to know Um, i actually know the answer they're not allowed to know the audience I think any of the, um, hopefully some of the listeners or maybe Patreon backers or something who have extensive access to the Arcade Audio archives, you can find me. Yeah, there's a lot of hours of me going off <laughs> but it's over been the a past little while. It's been a little while, years. so tell, tell people what you got going on. Well, um, it's I'm in Florida, which I don't know. I hope I'm not blowing you guys up. You guys are in Florida as well. Yeah, yeah, we talk about where we are. Yes. So. I'm in Florida too. I'm in Melbourne, Florida, which is right by Cape Canaveral. And that's where I grew up. I had been living in Chicago from 2013 to 2019. And that was awesome. And then I was just looking for a change in life. So I moved back to Melbourne, Florida in October of 2019. And then a scant four months later, whole world's all all topsy-turvy. So I've been here since. And it's been ups and downs, like I think for everybody over sure. this, this time span, but um, I'm finally kind of getting ready to get back out there, which is pretty cool. Um, I actually, in addition to uh, going to the Rumble, I'm hoping to safely visit some friends uh, this month, which will be good, um, in Philadelphia and in Nashville. And uh, I have a lot of tests too. So if, if that gets derailed, then that's fine. You know, I'll be yeah. responsible about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've just been working and going insane for the last two years. So that's really been about it. If anyone is, if anyone has come out of the past two years and is like, you know what? I feel pretty good. Then like they need to be put in a padded room with their arms tied together for double the amount of time that has already gone on. Like there's no way you've come out of all this. Yeah. I feel like yeah. there's two reactions. It's either like work and going crazy or like pretended that you're not going crazy but you're actually like a duck like you know yeah. like on the surface you're fine but then like underneath it's like it reminds me of moving and going crazy so samantha gave me i on top of my birthday i also get rumble gifts uh because again it's like my birthday so uh, i got these sweet pair of new uh, well, bobby the brain well i can show robert the, that's, well, yeah, yeah, I know. i mean you'll see them rumble sunday these sweet bobby the brain heenan shorts nice uh basically my favorite wrestling personality non-cm punk of all time at this point check out my retro wrestling diary slash podbloggle and you're still in the year 1995 uh when this airs yes um we uh he's he had a very famous hall of fame speech back in 2004 it was his first big appearance after undergoing like chemotherapy for throat cancer so he's really hard to like understand him and stuff and like it's an all-time speech it's amazing and like at one point he, he like messes something up. He goes, look, you sit naked in a room and watch Judge Judy all day and you'll go nuts. That's how I feel <laughs> the planet is right yeah, now. I it's, think that's so you, it's just like, that's what COVID is. It's just sitting naked in a room watching Judge Judy and just trying to get through it and all. It's not, and it's just Judge Judy reruns too. She didn't even have any new episodes. I don't think she's on the air anymore. No, they kicked her off. I, I think mean, she's she on something like else. Scandal, I think. The TV isn't even on. You're just imagining <laughs> all of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> just Judge Judy, it just it's permeated my brain. Uh, but what has been permeating my brain throughout all this, and hopefully for you as well, Robert, has been uh, movies and entertainment. So for every, each guest star we've had, because um, if you're new here, uh, if you're joining the show because you know Robert or you just picked us up randomly, Samantha and I are married. We funny. <laughs> we uh, we talk about our lives. We talk about uh, what's going on in the world, and then we get into a random movie that we watched. Um, for our guest stars, they have a they have a, they give us a list of five. We pick one, which we'll get to in a minute. But beforehand, we like to see what our guest has been uh, imbibing themselves. Uh, so. Re- have you gone back out to the cinema has been one of the, the first questions we've been asking uh, our guests as of late. Have you gone back to the actual theater yet to see COVID anything lift, like in between? The, uh... Yes, I have. And what? that is like, again, probably not maybe quite as much of a surprise as like a Florida man. But mm-hmm. yes, I have. So um, I have a number of times, actually. Um, yes, I'm interested. What's, what's the most have recent you- thing you've seen? The most recent thing, and this is funny, but actually I had to write it down and it's uh, kind of whatever, kismet or something. I saw probably the very last showing of Ghostbusters Afterlife about a okay. week ago. Nice. Yeah. I was in a theater. It was about 1030 at night on like a Friday. So you can tell I'm very popular. And uh <laughs> But so anyways, I mean, again, that probably came out like mid-November. Or yeah, right before Thanksgiving, yeah. Okay, so it's about like whatever, month and a half old almost. Um, and I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I really, really enjoyed it. Same. I, so did we. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was sentimental and lovely, and I love that. And I really was so pleased at how much I enjoyed the new stuff and the new story, which is most of the film. And I just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, we felt we, it, we were the same. Yeah, it, we we, we were into it. Yeah, she she got oh. she enjoyed it too. Yeah, and she enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was definitely emotional, to like being a theater and watch a Ghostbusters movie with your child, yeah, especially yeah. for like the movie that like the way that the movie ended up being as well. Yeah, it was very was quite an experience yeah, for it was us. Awesome. We yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, it's really like stayed with me as well. It's really kicked up a lot of you know YouTube holes and things like that of mm-hmm. old interviews and stuff like that and just. Man, all the did you know that Harold Ramis directed a movie called um, Stuart Saves His Family based yeah. on the Stuart Smalley? Okay, have you With seen Al it? Al Franken? I have not seen it. It is it is largely re- pretty much derided, but I'm always curious. And that's actually, I actually was not going to bring up that specific movie, but it kind of falls into like what our movie is today is that yes. mid 90s PG 13 era big comedy flop that just was always on cable and i just ne- that was one i never caught yeah. i don't know how ramus directed that yeah dude and i i have not seen it either but i love uh franken and i think that i don't know which reviewer said it but somebody some contemporary reviewer had a very favorable review of it it was like yeah. it was a lot more honest or, or dealt with material that a lot of other films didn't or something but Anyways, like I said, it, you know, watching Afterlife really brought me down a whole bunch of, you know, nostalgic feelings. You got, got two thumbs up from uh, Siskel and Ebert, so I might have to add that one to the old Amazon cart there and, oh, and get it. Uh, well, we have been on a little spree, particularly me. We have seen since the last time we recorded, because last time we recorded yeah. was our, what was our, our nomination show? Uh, our okay. Kiddo.net okay. slash the mullets vote for the Please vote best for of 2021. Um, Thank you. 
And also, we're talking about Ghostbusters. Make sure you check out Ready to Believe You, a Ghostbusters podcast on the Eric Audio Network. You would kill me if I forgot to <laughs> promote the Ghostbusters podcast we have on this network. Sorry, Podfather. Um, I've seen five movies since the last time we recorded. The I last get... time we recorded, we had seen Spider-Man, right? And Don't Look Up. We'd and seen Don't, don't look, look Up. up. So we'll quickly go through the five that we have seen because it is Oscar season and I'm an Oscar fiend. We'll start with the one that is not the Oscar movie. Uh, we sat uh, sometime near last weekend the beginning of it before i got a covid shot and watched the matrix resurrections <laughs> um i had heard everything about it insisted on seeing it shouldn't have i was yeah i'm not gonna not a not gonna forgive you for that fan uh have you seen it robert i have not and the most favorable review that i've heard of it was that it was very interesting so it <laughs> says a lot that, that, that even that's... though i have to say when i saw the trailer for it that was the, maybe the most hyped for a trailer i've seen in a very long time i was like "Ooh, i'd like to watch this and, and a lot of and a lot of like the internet conjecture about it i was interested in based on like what people were reading into it and how it was going to turn out yeah. uh it is i mean you the... should you should you should see <laughs> <laughs> I don't even just know if so I can you, recommend. No, you should see it just so you could be like, "What?" It's better than Matrix Revolutions. Okay, which is the third one. Which is the third. much better. Uh, it's Slightly not. Better. It's not by much. <laughs> it's okay. at least you don't have like an hour and a half like kaiju CGI fuckfest, you know, yeah. to get through. It's it's wild, and it's not wild. I think in a good way, unfortunately. Um, it's a shame, man. Yeah, it is. It is a big shame because I had high hopes for it, considering you know where Keanu is at this point. Yeah, yeah Abdul Mateen, a lot of, yeah. lot of, lot of stuff going there, and not like didn't was in that movie. didn't stick the landing. Yeah. Uh, also, not sticking the landing is currently the movie that's last on my list of of potential Oscar nominees so from the mad. big six categories. We watched Spencer, uh, the okay. movie that might make Kristen Stewart an Academy Award winning actress. I don't think that's possible. In the first five minutes, <laughs> I wish I wish this was a video podcast just so I could see Robert's face go through the stages of me saying that sentence just say now. Again, again. <laughs> no, I don't. There's no way to replicate it. And Sam, uh, I don't know if I've seen you take off the line as fast as that in uh, quite a while. Yeah, you really had some strong feelings. I, I just I've seen a lot more of Kristen Stewart movies than. I want to have seen and she's the same in every single one of them and I don't think that this was an exception. I don't think she was necessarily bad in the movie. I just think the movie around her was bad. Poor taste. I was personally offended by many parts of this movie. Well, cuz yeah. Sam, exactly how many degrees are you uh, removed from being in the royal family? Cuz I know it can't be that many. 6 degrees. <laughs> okay. Sam, Kevin Bacon is not in the royal family. <laughs> just yeah i just was it didn't work not for me. impressed with it at all it's a psychological drama that is based off of nothing like uh -huh. it's well, it, well, wait a second no 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 don't I'm, start getting into that no no no. what i mean is there's no like this is all it's very much like a revisionist history movie where none of the events that take place in the movie are confirmed to have actually taken place right it's all speculative yes um it's made by the same person as Jackie, and I wasn't a fan of that either. The Natalie Portman movie that came out maybe like five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. It's just not my cup of tea. It's not going to get nominated for anything but Best Actress, and 
depending on who gets snubbed from the other movies I see, I, I could I could make a case where I don't think she deserves to be there either. But who knows? Um, then uh, on the on the realm of psychological dramas, uh, we saw The Lost Daughter on Netflix, um, which I really really enjoyed. I wouldn't recommend anybody watch if they're a parent uh, mm. because it was a very hard watch. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. Olivia it's Coleman, Jesse good. Buckley, Ed Harris. And look, I'm not, a, I'm not a really big, I'm, I do not like Dakota Johnson either. Yeah. Like, probably worse than Kristen Stewart. I would agree. Um, because I think she's terrible, especially when, like, the stock she comes from. But, um, I thought she, she did not do a, a bad job in this movie. So that's the first one uh, I haven't heard of. So that's interesting. It's on Netflix. So if you got Netflix, Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. Um, She also did hear. I did see an an article about her directing. something. She might back her way into one, if not two Oscar nominations for the movie. I doubt she'll sneak in because the director race this year is absolutely stacked beyond belief. But she didn't get nominated for the Golden Globe for it. Didn't win. Um, But I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, too, but it, it it was a it's a very deep movie. Yeah, it's it was so, it was it was a tough hang. Um, last night or the night before, we watched. Uh, we got like a big Sorry. ass Apple gift card, so now we can just rent movies, and it's really cool. I don't have to buy music anymore. Um, we watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye because that is almost definitely getting Best Actress nomination for Jessica Chastain, right. which is very deserved. She very was deserved. She is really. We've bad. talked about it on the show. I mean, she's a current worst lvp nominee, nominee for for, for dark and, phoenix yeah. um because she was terrible in x-men dark phoenix <laughs> she played the alien thing okay yeah that's one that was so bad that's one that i didn't yeah. Even see. yeah yeah we we had to watch it because we watched every other x-men movie and we have bad rules on this podcast but um you make the rules yeah <laughs> I, I, I like watching you suffer through bad movies um the movie itself was probably a little over the place, but you're not going to go wrong with Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield just in a two hour movie, just doing some bang up fucking performances as the as the Bakers. That is cool. It's like a running theme, though, of these. How do you feel about like the prestige autobiograph or biographical fiction film? Like, yeah, I normally hate it. Um, I, I think it's much I more of a challenge. I don't think that's fair because I think a lot of them you have you Capote, you like. I mean, like there are an upper echelon that unfortunately I feel have let the floodgates open. Like, okay, yes, yeah, the, they happen all the fucking time. Yeah, and well, I mean King Richard. Yeah, which I, I wasn't a fan of. Like, if you look at this year's, like, what we still have yeah. to watch, we have to still watch Being the Ricardos. We still have to watch um, Licorice Pizza. Does it a little bit, but it's more so supporting characters. Um, we did we Tick Tick Boom, um, Eyes of Tammy Faye, House of Gucci, King Richard, Spencer. I, I prefer somebody crafting a, an original character and me able to make my. Because I'm also a person that watches a biopic, and I'm like, all right, what's the real fucking story here? Yeah, and then I look it up, and I'm like. Like Bohemian Rhapsody is a big old piece of shit because that movie is ridiculously inaccurate. <laughs> right. I feel like it's getting weirdly like masturbatory for the celebs too. Cause like yes. you just said about Kristen, whatever name is Twilight being in Spencer that I'm surprised, like you'd think of anything you could cast an unknown in, you know, cause it's like, all right, well there's source material that can be studied and, you know, people are familiar with and 
I don't know, but it's, I, I don't, it's almost like the celeb casting that I'm starting to really dislike. Yeah. Although I'm glad to hear that Chastain was good in, yeah, she was great. in the Tammy Faye one. Cause that was the exact type of thing. I was like, either she did do a good job or again, she just wanted to have her fun and this actually sucks. Oh, she, right, right, she yeah. disappears. Like there's yeah, like, I think, I think like, point. I think like five or 10 minutes into it, Sam was like, all right, she is really good. Cause already that early in the movie, you, no, don't, you see, don't see her. You cool. just think you're watching the the documentary the movie is based like, off. Yeah, of. it's really, really that's well cool. done, and I think I think that's a really true case. I mean, that was a lot of the argument for being the Ricardos with Nicole Kidman doing I mean, the part. It still is, and that well, right. She like, won the Golden Globe yesterday, and everyone's like, "What?" Yeah, we haven't seen we, it yet to make judgment, but I think Robert's 100 percent right. Like that, you know, like. Yeah. That should have been a comedic actress, right? Like everybody would think. Or just, or, or somebody that can command the look and the timing of it, not just a name. Than, right, right, yeah. exactly. Also, I mean, it's it's like a good and bad thing, but there are people who are so famous that they can't be seen as not themselves. You know, it's yeah. like, what role could Nick Cage do, you know, and be a famous person that wasn't Nick Cage, right? Or something. And to like her credit, Nicole Kidman, she's so famous and, and talented or whatever, but it's like, it's hard to disappear from who these people are. You know yeah, what I mean? That's like true. that's Yeah. The only, the only biopic Nick Cage could be in is a biopic of Andy Samberg doing a biopic of Nicolas Cage, which actually is a movie he <laughs> might honestly do at some point. That would be uh, and that, that, that uh, your point uh, and my point I was talking about original characters, I prefer somebody that can draw on their life experiences and what they've gone through in an original part, which leads into what has been the, the my favorite movie, The Five, uh, that I saw on my own. I, I took off Friday to get my booster shot and Jillian get her second COVID shot. We're all doing well. Um, but I had the day off already, so I went to the theater and they had one showing in Disney Springs. I wasn't going to miss it. I went to go see Red Rocket. You dropped Jillian off at home first. Yeah, I didn't bring Jillian yeah. to go see Red Rocket. <laughs> Uh, which is the new Sean Baker movie, um, who I became a very, very big fan of after watching The Florida Project. Um, I've not seen Tangerine. Uh, need to see Tangerine. But Florida Project is maybe one of my like 10 favorite movies of the past like 10 years. Like It's incredible. Oh, wow. It's so good. Also because we basically live like 20 minutes away from it. Um, but Red Rocket stars Simon Rex, former worst MVP winner for Scary Movie 3 on this podcast, as like a failed permanent fuck-up porn star going back home to texas and um it was great it was absolutely great sean baker's amazing at doing movies about unseen parts of the world um and giving them an opportunity casting real people like everybody but simon rex and i think like one or two other actors or actresses in the movie is just locals from texas city texas that wow. he just cast in and these Simon parts. Rex isn't exactly a big, big name. No, I mean, you know, but he's somebody that has struggled as like an MTV VJ yeah, and as yeah. like a scary movie comedian. And also like, unfortunately had his career der derailed at one point by being a part of like this solo pornographic masturbatory, like video leak happened. And he drew on that experience and he is, amazing in this wow. i i he's probably again gonna fall short of getting an oscar nomination just like um uh i forget who i was talking about just a minute ago uh potentially probably will be but it, it's a shame that he's not gonna get recognized and will smith is probably gonna win for just talking in a list for two hours um because he's he's great um so if you like sean baker or if you just like kind of deeply affecting you know small town movies red rocket i cannot uh, recommend enough. It was very, very good.
That's cool. I will. I'll have to, that's a, I'm with you too. I'm very much, I love the kind of, um, what is his name? The guy who directed Take Shelter and Mud and. Oh uh, God, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look it up because it's off the, on the tip of my tongue. I should know. We both should know. We're going to get kicked off the, the, the podcast right now. Yeah. yeah the cred, the cred the is just falling. Jeff Nichols. Jeff Nichols, Jeff Nichols, yep. but uh, similar with those kinds of like, you know, authentic life that is just like, it's not flashy or it's not whatever. And then it's just like these really, really awesome windows into it. And I, yeah, that sounds like a great movie. Any other quick recommendations of stuff you've been watching lately, even outside of the world of movies, Robert? Um, even outside the world of movies, I don't know. Um, actually, maybe one thing. I will say one last movie that I saw that was... Uh, interesting and i'm i'm curious to hear what you guys uh think of it if you've seen it but i found myself just in one of those situations where i i put something on uh the television or whatever while i was doing other stuff what i put on was the great gatsby from like 20 whatever 13 or 14 with the DiCaprio one and DiCap- yeah and dicaprio okay and i really i really liked it i thought it was interesting to watch i mean obviously like it's very visually stimulating and it's very dis- it can be very disjointed like i would go to bat for saying it has no flaws but especially um just in terms of like portraying excesses and especially mm. like jazz age excesses i thought was really really cool and and even if it was like not a complete success like i kind of appreciate again kind of relating back to these these based on a true story or based on these historical people i would almost like more stuff like that same thing with um, when Sofia Coppola, Sofia Coppola did uh, the Marie Antoinette. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like punkish. Like, yeah. I don't know. You know, like I'd almost rather somebody just try something interesting with some material that we all already know than just have like a boring adaptation. Absolutely. I, I have not seen that. Baz Luhrmann in general is a big blind spot for me. I know I, not for you. A you, huge Moulin Rouge fan. And you also like Romeo and Juliet as well. Huge Romeo yeah. and Juliet fan because I grew up in the 90s yeah. so in the 2000s it was the target audience yeah very much um, also it's like so. if you had like um like a high school quiz on the great gatsby like you could ace it if you watched that movie <laughs> like you really could it's the high point no but i completely agree i i think doing something interesting like marie Antoinette is also i am a big fan of um that movie um but i totally agree doing something with a twist that's kind of unexpected. It's kind of, I think, why we enjoy like Quint, um, Tarantino movies. So the revisionist much. history yeah, movies. Yeah, the revisionist mm-hmm. history. Like we talked about it with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we'll do eventually on the show. Um, you know, like it's based on something that actually happened, but not really. Like, so, so I think it's like an interesting way to tell the story and an interesting. Um, thing to take but i did want to see the great gatsby when it came out i don't think we have it we'll have to pick it up because i think we were in a weird we're not fans of like carrie mulligan at the time and then we saw Fuck that. good no no i think it was like that weird time yeah um and then you're not a big fan of, of um i just Herman, so i think i think it was also the time the when the reviews hit for it it was like, it was like kind of mixed and now like i think revisionist history not to beat a dead horse has been pretty kind to that movie in retrospect right. I, if i'm not mistaken it's funny full circle i think baz Luhrmann's next movie comes out this year 
and it's an Elvis biopic. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I believe, if I'm not, I, I think it's the movie that Tom Hanks was doing when he got COVID, because I think Tom Hanks is Colonel Parker. But in Baz Luhrmann's defense, he didn't hire like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio to be Elvis. It's like uh, a, a no name or not a, an A lister to be Elvis, at least. Untitled Elvis. I think it's just called Elvis at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Austin Butler. I don't recognize this fucking guy. He looks like Elvis, though. So that's a good start. Hell yeah. The great Elvis. <laughs> um, perfect. Decker Montgomery's in it. I'll, I'll do anything Decker Montgomery did. I didn't mean to I'm say it that way. I'm very excited for Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else before we get into major pain? Um, I, you know, you, you should just have me back. I've been watching a lot of movies. Now that I think about it. Well, over the past uh, two years of COVID, I've watched a lot of movies. Yeah. You guys really watch a lot of movies. And that's mm-hmm. super commendable because we're always like, oh, I got to watch more. And then I never do. Mm-hmm. But um, this is my favorite time of the year just because like after last year and seeing the accessibility of the Oscar movies, like there's no reason for me, like when Tony and I were in college together, um, we would like have to go to the theater and like see five best picture movies. Streaming right. wasn't really a thing. And it was like, and even still, we're just like, oh man. And now it's like, there's everything at my fingertips and there's more nominees, but fuck it. I can easily see 15 to 20 movies in four or five months and have a real educated opinion on something that I love and, mm-hmm. and know yeah. what is bullshit and what is not. Well, yeah. And, and we, we also sacrifice a lot of sleep and, and, and stuff to. Yeah. Who needs to sleep? I'll sleep. Who needs yeah. it? I'll, I'll sleep when um I'll sleep when they make another fucking uh Godzilla King Kong movie or something. Oh, <laughs> you didn't hear it? Oh uh... shit! <laughs> did you guys uh, like Dune? I we did not like Dune. You didn't like Dune? Yeah. What's no, that? it's okay. Have you it, seen? Did you seen the? Have you seen the David Lynch Dune? No, no but that reminds me. Okay. I have to make a note for something we have to do before the podcast is over. Oh, okay. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> You already know. I'm writing on the card. I'm breaking, awesome. I'm breaking my own thing. No, it's my truncated things on it are I, I felt like I was just way behind in like knowing what was going on. So I was like constantly playing catch up as I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it did a lot for people that necessarily knew Our what they were getting into to get into it because it's such a long story. They had to spread it across a couple movies. I mean, yeah, I, I will give it all the props the for acting was amazing for acting the visuals and, were amazing and score and everything but yeah. like in terms of story and holding my interest i struggled yeah yeah but i i love chalamet in it i love zendaya um I, yeah i just struggled to follow it and i'm a big sci-fi person yeah. so um but i'm not I, I don't know a lot about dune itself so well it's pretty weird i mean it's yeah for sure but what will be what would be interesting is if you ever do get the chance to watch the the David Lynch one because it has like hyper dense exposition at the start like because mm-hmm. the studios hated how it came out so they were like no 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 we're doing a different opening that's like all exposition and um, the film is not two films it's one film so you get to the resolution so that'll be interesting because I think certain people would enjoy the decompressed two two-parter where other people are like no i kind of need to know what's going on and i'd uh-huh. actually prefer to see the ending before i leave the theater oh i own the david lynch dune <laughs> i picked it up i picked <laughs> it up in the final event at walmart quite some time ago it'll be on the podcast someday 
Excellent. Uh, so yeah, it'll, it'll get picked up. Um, and that leads into our rules and why we're doing major pain today. Yes. So um, we ask of our guests to send us a list of five movies. And from that list, we determine which of the five we will see. Robert's list was definitely the most eclectic of the Very, ones we've received. It was so hard to decide. Um, well, and it particularly because there were two movies that I swore I owned. So the rules are we, we have to own the movie to do it. And there's one that I'm surprised. Was and I didn't have one of which was Mandy, um, which I've heard so much about. Now I have since I do now own Mandy. I yes. picked it up off of Amazon immediately afterwards. I picked up the color and the shape. Cause I just, I kept hearing about two or three of these like Nicolas Cage movies that everyone's like, all over and i got that Great. one Thanks thinking so it was much. mandy and it wasn't so much, <laughs> yeah it's still it's color out of space color the, of space, the um, hp lovecraft yeah one. i was doing i think the color and the shape is a foo fighters album it's the best <laughs> foo fighters album it's a, yeah absolutely is. <laughs> the first one um or we, second one and then i am so mad that i don't own the movie manhunter which is the original dude yeah. The original uh, Hannibal Lecter movie, it came, it got re-released, I want to say like four or five years ago in like a really cool like box set. Um, it's also like either the, I think the second Michael Mann movie. I know it came out after Thief. Um, yep. And I've always wanted to see it. I've never seen it. And it was never on fucking sale in a point where like I just couldn't plunk down $25 for a fucking Blu-ray. And now it's like $80. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so hard to find. So I will get that eventually. I'm going to scour like use when we go to Tampa next week. I'm going to go yeah, to like yeah, some we'll used like Blu-ray places and yeah. try to find it. Definitely worth it. And like completely different beast than the other Hannibal Lecter films. Yes. So it's like you don't even have to. So apples and oranges. You don't even have to be like, well, this is better. But it's just so good. Yeah, I have always wanted to see it. And and, and I will see it soon, hopefully. Then you know, I made a movie that for the first time ever, we had no idea what it was. It was called The Love Witch. Which I was just assuming was a sequel to The Love Guru. I didn't know happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if you want to quickly explain what The Love Witch is. Oh, goodness. Um, I first saw The Love Witch, I think, on Amazon Prime. And um, in some, I believe it came out in 2016. And it is a female-directed and written film. I should know. I, you know what? Just to obviously because it's important. Um, I'm going to find this lady's name. Sure. It's, it's such a uh, – let's see. Uh, written, edited, directed, produced, and scored by Anna Biller. Uh, and this is like, it is a, I don't want to call it a parody because it's a serious film, but it is done in the style of like 70s hammer horror slash B movie slash exploitation films. Nice. Um, and it is obviously like, um, there's a lot of subjects and, and content that I think coming from a female creator, you don't see in a film and it's a good mixture of like comedy and uh, you know, just interesting shit. I was really, really impressed by it. I, I awesome. think it's a great movie. Well, it's all definitely on my, on my radar now yeah. uh, that left us with two movies, uh, serious man, which I've never seen. And we have uh, it's a, it's a rare blind spot for me in the Coen brothers world. Um, but ultimately when we have a guest on the show, we want to have fun. And just with the list you sent, when this was on it, I was like, all right, this is just glaring out to the point where like, I just have to know why this is on the list. We picked the 1994, 95, 1995, 
comedy cult comedy classic major pain major pain there it is samantha do the honors read the package he's looking for a few good men or a few guys old enough to shave terrible tagline (laughs) (laughs) terrible tagline oh man damon waynes stars in this hilarious escapade that commands laughs aplenty when peace breaks out in america Killing Machine Major Benson Winifred Payne, United States Marine Corps Special Forces, Wayans, is given his marching orders to the unemployment line. Unable to cope with civilian life, Payne is thrust back into the military regimen as commander of the Madison Academy Junior ROTC. Why is there so much on the back of this box? How does the military's most dangerous secret weapon discipline a few good men when none of them is even old enough to shave? Why did they say it again? Focusing on the shaving. Any way he wants, at least until Dr. Emily Walburn, school counselor, Karen Parsons, joins his tour of duty. Armed with the comic genius of Damon Waynes and stockpiled with humor, quote, Major Payne orders up the laughs. Los Angeles Times. Major pain is major funny, says New York Daily News. Damn. Woo! We're going to start 2022 without a... Let's go, baby! Oh, man. No errors. Ding, dang. That just made (laughs) me want to watch the movie again. I was surprised that you nominated this, and I was very surprised, especially... um, We've also been trying to catch up on our TV and also educate Jillian on, like good classic movies like we're trying to get her to really love like 80s movies like we do and everything so she's a big back to the future fan and stuff yay we just finished watching um the movies that made us and the episode we we were watching was robocop and i was actually really surprised that you didn't nominate robocop um i have to you know a fan of that movie if i'm not mistaken oh completely that often my top um three movies usually that continually jockey in and out of position are are robocop aliens aliens usually is number one and and tim burton's batman from 89 so yeah (laughs) i I had like a list of like 15 that i had to whittle down and i try to pick the most i mean there's definitely ones that you guys know how much i love and would love to talk about but uh yeah i have a quick question and i should know i apologize for not knowing you guys just have to own the film like have you had you guys seen this before like is that dependent of like this it has to be something we have seen or hasn't seen oh no it can be no so like so other guest stars i think uh the only movie of the guest stars we haven't seen before i hadn't seen love actually when we did it with tim and ali and then uh, another one of us had seen goodfellas which is a big thing with tope okay. i'd seen most Parts, of the birdcage yeah but we had never seen goodfellas yeah. um i had never seen this movie before Big surprise. Yeah, it just not de- the target audience. Yeah, it just depends really on the guest and the mood. Yeah. And the so the parameters are really that we have to own it. However, if we are gifted with a movie, we do immediately or put it, in put the it into the queue. Right. Um, and with our guest stars, we've been a little looser with the rules just because you know we have so many movies and we want to really like show what y'all love more mm-hmm. than like what we oh. own kind of thing and everyone will be back on the show again we're just getting not yeah, yeah, but... g- getting the ones that like for some reason over the course of seven or eight years we just haven't had and it's yeah. like this is the travesty um yeah your list will definitely be be revisited it will. oh well very cool i saw this movie in fucking theaters <laughs> Did <you> really? <laughs> so my yeah grandmother and my mother loved for lack of a better term, these mid nineties, really? like big star of the time yeah, ended yeah. up being massive flop comedy movies. Sure. I saw 
this blank man bushwhacked. Yeah, uh, dude, this is the greatest hits here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> More than half of the movies you just named. Um, and then you see them with your family and you get to me this like connection with them. Yeah. So when you get older, mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah, Major Payne's great. And you see like, it didn't do well at the box office. It's got like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like not good on IMDb, but I've seen this movie probably 40 or 50 times between being a, an elementary and middle school kid that just had movie channels and basic cable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had this uh, recorded off of like either pay-per-view or Showtime or HBO on a tape with like Little Giants and Dumb and Dumber. And I would just watch that's a six hour tape on a loop just if I was bored. So I've seen this movie a ton. You'd never seen it before. What is your connection to it, Robert? It's interesting that you say you saw it in the theaters because I know that I didn't. And I just know that this, that Major Pain and Blank Man were things that I watched many, many, many times over. Yes. I'm kind of just at like the age range or whatever that like, I don't have VHSs of these, but I do have DVDs of these. Mm-hmm. And like when DVDs were kind of, you know, first so available to have and watch over and over again, like, you know, like the way that VHSs and then even recorded blank tapes used to be. So I don't know how I came to watch it, but I just so what probably happened was I really loved superheroes and Batman. And then I saw blank man. And then I saw this because I love that as well. I've easily seen this probably um, probably five, like realistic. I like to be very realistic in yeah. estimates, probably five or six or seven times. Sure. And I so enjoy it. That's one of the only drawbacks. I was like, I know it very well. Like I know all yeah. the lines in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was surprised. So it's it's been a good while since I've seen it. Because these movies, another thing is they aren't really on TV anymore. Like right, right. now, right. like it's going to be years old. big budget you know, stuff that's going to draw in ratings where like in 1999 on a 2 p.m. Thursday or Saturday shift, Comedy Central just put on whatever. Yes. And it it didn't matter. Um, So it's probably been a long time since I've seen it, but I was shocked as to how much I did recall of it as it was going on and how much of it to me still held up, especially considering how much like comedy and like what's acceptable in a comedy has yes. has adapted over that time there right. honestly wasn't much to me where i was like that can't play anymore like at the very beginning that was actually one of my notes i was like this is so absurd like what am i about to get myself into and one of the notes i had at the beginning um when he's it really it's mostly just like when he's talking about like who he's killing not the fact that he's killing people but like who he's targeting and you know all of that um otherwise i think it's just a lot of good fun like it's it's got a lot of heart and i think that shines through so much um in a very surprising way um especially for a wayans brother because yet you always you know they often are the leading men in in the movies that they do Um, it has enough heart. It, this and Blank Man, I think Blank Man has more because not to spoil Blank Man, which is a sentence I've always wanted to say. Uh, um, we never we haven't done Blank Man for the podcast yet. Yeah, Blank Man, no. Um, Blank Man does. Tope wanted to nominate Blank Man and it, it got left off of his list. Oh, 
Ah. Um, we uh, that has a little bit more because you have like the factor of you know the the main character loses a family member and that drives yeah. Everything. This you don't have that, um, and definitely follows the formula of your classic PG thirteen comedy with a romance and a a big star from sitcoms or sketches doing a character piece but mm. it really doesn't do like that much to really redeem major pain like he does a couple things and he's just the same fucking guy <laughs> and that's, that's why i think i like it a lot that is a great point i think it's it's also like completely overall like this is a movie that could have been absolutely unwatchable if handled differently or if it were a little more crass or had less I don't know what talent or heart or all those things in it. It could have been really um, in poor taste, a lot of these things, but it's astounding how, how cool and how well it's aged because there's not a lot of things that are like, you know, gross or, or hurtful or, or just, you know, not okay today. And like you said, with the, the character arc, it's so it's super formulaic in a, in so many ways, mm -hmm. like in, in structure and, and archetypes and things like that and um but it's funny it somehow just pulls like a very entertaining trick of like some things don't change you know like again there's still like a lot of things you're like well i don't know if it's cool to do that but it's so fun that i guess we're gonna do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah things aren't really that different at the end of the film when they you know as opposed to the start of the film yeah it's so like he's insulting children which is which I have always to say, fun. it's always funny to me. It's one of our favorite pastimes. One of my, if I go to Disney, I'm insulting every kid that walks by me <laughs> under my breath just to make my wife laugh. It, it, it's, it's a very good time. But it's also, to me, and what I know about the military, pretty authentic in terms of like... Tell me what else you know about the military. But just like, if you, if you watch okay. Full Metal Jacket all the Not way to you, whatever... <laughs> No, no, but as Mullet just said, the the one scene in Full Metal Jacket is basically is major pain. Yeah. It's it's the the gunny sergeant ripping everyone to shreds. And it's kind of funny some of the shit he says to people, even though he's incredibly scary. And it's all about their physical disadvantages or what he perceives to be Tell their Martin. Tell Martin that with his son. Yes. Like I thought that was one of my favorite lines. Um, like it, I it's, thought that was so unexpected. It's it's picking it off like funny. the lowest fruit off the tree yeah. in terms of comedy because that's what a mass audience unfortunately right. is going to laugh at. But when you have right. a performer like Damon Wayans that is just going for and it, just improvising to twelve all over the place. Like yeah, he does a great job. It just when the movie started because it started very much. First of all, I was shocked that my wife and kids has been lasting that long technically as a concept to, Mar to Damon Wayans. The production company was called Wife and Kids Production. I was like, motherfucker, that's like six years before the ABC sitcom even started. Uh, which I love that sitcom, by the way. It's a dope ass sitcom. Uh, you have the classic like '90s comedy opening of like I think it's Bad of the Bone, right? I think so. Yep. Bad of the Bone, the ridiculous like title sequence where you get everything and you know about this character right away. Um, and he's going for it so hard early where it's like, I kind of was taken aback at first. I'm like, this is so over the top that this is so no way like, a real human being ever. Right, <laughs> right. I agree. And, 
and it was like, it's been one week since I've killed a man, and I don't know what to do with myself. It's like, what? He's cooking a rat in his apartment. <laughs> like, it, it was so bizarre, but then it just... It, it, it just... It just it just wears you down yeah. because they don't put the foot off the pedal on that character. Mm-hmm. And you then just get enamored with the charisma. Yeah, you just get enamored with the charisma. Yes. And then yeah. he just becomes, he just wears you down and becoming kind of somebody you root for anyway, because like, God damn it, this is that guy. Right. It's I complete just... like commitment to and purity of character. And you can tell that like, uh, to quote Full Metal Jacket, and again, what the Sarge says, was, you know, of the many things, he's like, there is no racial bigotry here. And then he goes on to say lots more things. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But again, it's like you, there's, you know, Major Payne loves killing in the military. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so, it's a, I think actually, you know, my, my, uh, the greatest improv teacher that uh, is uh, probably ever. Uh, the greatest period, Bill Arnett, who I got to spend a lot of time with. Yeah. Um, we've talked about many great things that talked a lot about authenticity a lot of the time. And in terms of characters being really compelling, even when they're not, an- or maybe semi-antagonistic or um, or they have major flaws, whether they're stupid or they're uh, annoying or pain in the ass, but that authenticity will often, you know, just like justify these other behaviors, or at least it will provide buy-in for us to see where they go. Because it's like, this isn't an act. Like he's really, this is who he is, you know? So yeah. I think um, we should just let the listeners know now, because we've been talking for almost an hour Mm -hmm. now. This is probably going to be a long podcast. I could talk (laughs) like all night with Robert about movies like this. And like the authenticity and stuff like what but was I it? completely agree. Yeah. So, so in my notes at this point, I had a comment because it, I, it dawned on me that I, I made a note about wanting to talk about like the lovable 90s comedies we've already discussed and Blank Man. And then I also remembered Bulletproof. And I was like, Is what that was what we did on the show? Yes. Okay. That's what think of. I, was I was like, like, I knew we did one of those. What was it about Damon Wayans? It just, oh, he was always like this unstoppable badass I, in I, movies. I, well, I mean, you know, he wants it's authenticity. I, <laughs> Robert, I think that's just how he is in real life. Oh, I don't know about that. Because he also did, la- I've never seen Last Boy Scout. That was that was before this. That was like in the yes. midst of In Living Color. Right. Um, yeah, but listen to the things that you just said that Damon Wayans was a part of. He's like a powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, this I mean, this was his Bulletproof. peak. So that was the... the, mm-hmm. the With Adam Sandler. I just looked it up. Which, you know, I think that's aged a lot worse. <laughs> we did that a few years ago. Yeah. It's, he yeah. was in Living Color, and then he had an animated series, Wayne Head. I remember that show. And then Dane. I remember that too. Beverly <laughs> Cop, Last Boy Scout, Major Pain, My Wife and Kids. And then, and then unfortunately, Weapon, yeah, we don't got to talk about the Lethal Weapon TV show. Well, <laughs> but for that me, ran for three years? <laughs> yeah, it ran for three years, and they finally, they finally had to end it because both him and the other guy on the show were just massive assholes at that point. <laughs> but, but, like, White oh yeah, career. He's like, a, he comes from a very like, very talented family when it comes to this kind of thing, and they all got their start like in roots that are sentimental to us because they all were our, things we grew up on, right? And they're like improvisers and comedians and and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that, um, I mean, I think like peak, like yeah, look at how much. Yeah, I mean this this is this is his this peak, is like peak, but it's funny that his. Like this peak is to us 
kind of nostalgically where at the time it was probably seen as like almost a little bit of a disappointment to where people thought he was gonna go yeah like between right. this and celtic pride and um bulletproof and great white hype and blank man like none of those were number one at the box yeah, office yeah, yeah yeah or kind of not beneath him necessarily but yeah again they're the kind of trajectory i think a good maybe um you know a comparison is jim carrey right mm-hmm. you know fellow in living color alumni and you have his um and again your point mullet about these 90s movies again that have aged well or that are still like very fond in our hearts you know these characters that are authentic like ace ventura you know but then Again, going forward, like you said, um, Carrie sprung board onto massive success or really, you know, or at least like paycheck success. Uh, whereas like the Waynes kind of never did, or at least Damon never really did, you know? I mean, I think he definitely got his nut once he got the sitcom. Like, like yes, exactly. the kids ran for like 60. I still see reruns on that. Like you get that rerun money, you're set for life. Um, I mean, not sure. that he's hurting anyway from whatever, but um yeah, there's there's a few moments where it briefly gets like mean spirited, but like eventually you see exactly what he's doing. Like, there is a method to his madness, even mm-hmm. as early as like him pushing Cody to get over that wall, and then you see later on like like there's no doubt in their mind like that Cody's gonna be the one that goes up on the wall for the right. obstacle course. The same way he gets Tiger to toughen up to lead the the core at the end of the thing. The same way, I mean, thing to me that works the best is the the story of him pushing uh, Cadet Stone to gradually assuming this leadership role. Just because you can see he takes to him like standing up for his his squad and standing up to this authority figure. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of him later seeing what he's had to go through in right. his life and then him standing up to the stepfather yeah. and everything like and it it just naturally works and it yeah. doesn't beat you over the head with it like other movies would i think that's maybe why it feels like not a lot changes because you don't have that that breaking that's the character cool. scene yeah. where like mm-hmm. it forces yeah. so much out of him to just be like maybe i like you a little like that's as far <laughs> as we get uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> And it feels action, authentic with the character. Right, and, like, the actions are, like, that's all you need. Like, yeah. like, you can tell what he feels and how he feels and, and all right. of that through this the is, actions he takes. This is, like, and again, I don't want to do, like, a ton of, like, comparison to today or at least in, like, I don't know, larger climates of today. But this this film is kind of about, like, tough love and like yeah. seeing it work and it's 90 percent tough and 10 percent love which is yeah. again why it's why it's made up the way it is and it's kind of funny and a bunch of jokes about again everyone's appearance but it really is and and i will i will say that i think that concept has become pretty foreign to us mm-hmm. um, either because it's been misappropriated by people who you know don't understand it or just because people aren't into it or aren't familiar with it and it's like well you like you just said it's like i'm you know i know i'm gonna really push the shit out of these kids to do this stuff but like look at the you know the end relay race and they're all doing the stuff that was like basically the toughest for them yeah absolutely absolutely yeah what so favorite favorite scenes in the movie before we get into maybe the stuff that we don't necessarily like um 
I'll, I'll let you guys start. Cause I have, I have a few. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. I have many as well. Sam, I have no pressure, but Sam, you go first, just because you can claim any scene. Yeah, because it's your well, first I, time. Well, like yes. I, I said, I really like, like I honestly just like a lot of like the one-liners slash like insults and stuff. So like I yeah. just like the uh, <laughs> Marley Matlin's son, like with the the the, the part first of hearing recruit him um, him first meeting the kids yeah, is really, kid good. really good i um, tried to time that that's like i think it's about eight and a half minutes yeah but it's like whoa dude yeah it was great you get so much out of it i just think that like a lot of like the the one-liners and are great i really like him making the kids walk through like this the quad and like the dresses Dress. yep. and stuff i thought that was um Something that maybe like I don't know if you could necessarily do that today. I think you could. I think it's done well enough where it's okay. I think it's, it's done okay. well enough because I think of the ages of the kids. I think. I think um, my favorite non-Damon Wayne's line is when Cody comes back and like, "Why'd you change?" He goes, "This one's prettier." Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really funny. <laughs> really, the way the kid delivers it and like yeah. the way the kid laughs and he tells him yeah, to shut up. It's I just think, funny. I think that's yes. great. Um, yeah, I just. Um, I I like the line of you're still a sit a shit sandwich, just not a soggy one. Like I just think a lot of the lines are really just inspirational and deep. <laughs> and they, you know, they like connected with me. I, I felt really can. I was very surprised by how much I enjoyed this movie. I I Aww, really was. Excellent. Because, yeah, because I was like, what movie did Robert nominate? I was like, what are what is what are my choices again? <laughs> A serious man, which I'll probably fall asleep in, or major pain, which I'll definitely fall asleep in. I could use a nap, like, but I didn't. I was very engaged, and I think, like, yeah, I just really liked it. Um, for me, I've probably quoted the little engine that could story <laughs> like fifty <laughs> times in my life. Like, it's like you better flip up on your hands. <laughs> like, it's just so. Funny to me. I love that sequence. Uh, that like both, both times where kind of the monotony, like the stuff that I don't like, is there's I think like one or two many scenes, or possibly the scenes are a little bit too long between him and uh, and the school counselor. Yeah. Um, okay. Like so sure. th- th- that's like one nitpick I would have, but like they're immediately broken up or or segued into him shooting a closet and saying if he's in there he ain't happy mm-hmm. and him telling the little engine the good story like I-, I will take that sure. any day of the week so that um that that would personally be my my pick robert absolutely i i couldn't agree more with with the little engine that could is probably it um i'm trying to think of i will say too just to you know for a little diversity of of what the it's not diversity because there's not other scenes like this but i believe that when cadet stone's dad shows up played by michael ironside fucking ironside baby it is that's something that's like probably three minutes tops if that it's probably more like two minutes Mm -hmm. and that is a really i think it's really striking when of course um cadet stone's abusive dad shows up and he's a dickhead and major pain uh, sticks up for him there's a lot of really great and i find it very very uh touching like body language in it like yes. pain like sweeps stone behind him behind him yeah um and then which is just like great 
And then he's just like, they share like a, a prolonged look at each other and Payne just goes like going back to your bunk, son. And just like really thoughtful. That's probably in a, in a movie that I do genuinely feel like has a lot of great heartfelt moments. That's probably the most like emotionally intense. Yeah, I wrote yeah, I the, it that. comes out of nowhere. Like so like they announce it's parent day and the next thing you know, you just see Michael Ironside just just really going for Jack yeah. in that uh-huh. whole scene. He's yes. just channeling Jack in that scene, like like in a field, like messing with a butterfly or something. <laughs> and like there but there is like such power in like that whole stretch. And it goes right into the respect montage. Uh well, yeah, it's, because like that was oh, yeah. the turning point. Like that's what was needed, like to see, oh, like he like he gives me a lot of shit, but he doesn't treat me like that. Like he still respects yes. me and sticks up for yeah, me, kind of thing. Like it's like like you said, like that tough love versus just being tough kind of thing. I, I, yeah, yeah. I so think it's I think, important yeah. for the film overall because it, it does illustrate like there's there's being yelled at and then there's evil. Like there yeah. this is evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like that and this is clearly not what major pain is. Major pain is a an idiot and a jerk or whatever yeah but he's not he's not evil like michael ironside yeah Yeah. i I wish we had it's crazy ironside's third build in this movie for three minutes of work which makes Mm -hmm. sense i mean there's not who else would be who else would be on there i mean i'd love to ask him why he'd probably be like i love the script Ironside needed up some drugs. That's what it was. Uh, probably, I guess. Yeah, I this is a good, what, 10 years after Scanners? Like, and not that Ironside was never really out of work. This is way before he got the dark yeah, side. It's only like five years after, um, whatchamacallit, mm, Escape to Mars with uh, Total Recall. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Man, that's, I mean, that's a, that's right? a, that's, that's a f- five year plan is. That's Scanners, true. Scanners, <laughs> total reclaw, major pain, dark side <laughs> for 20 years, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, so least favorite scenes or least favorite parts of the movie. Get, staying away from performances still, because we're going to get an MVP and LVP here in just a few minutes. Um, I already mentioned mine was kind of, and it's not her performance at all, because I think Karen Parsons does a really good job playing off of major pain. But I, I think that those scenes sometimes just get a little bit too... They try to do too much because obviously, like he's enamored with her. They're trying to make her also kind of like a like a, a sex object, or like she's obviously mm-hmm. using her womany ways to try to like influence influence him. to sure. him. Sure. But then she's yes. also standing up to him, and he's standing back up to her. It it never like gels the way that I kind of want it to. The 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 date also is a little out of place. I mean, I'll the never. Date was- Really I'll never argue with getting two live crews pop the coochie in a movie, which you're going to hear either two at the beginning crews. or end of this podcast. Two, two live crews not going to argue with it either. Um, hey, they're pioneers. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I could I could take or leave that that that's the the only time that I feel like he feels a little inauthentic to me is like everything we know the about him. Is. Why is he doing the robot? <laughs> Yep, completely. I I think the disco, the date is, you know, and serves a purpose while the cadets are on their mission or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's a really, it, it, it's a, I don't know, just doesn't seem to fit. And like I said, it's the only time you kind of get taken out of it and you're like, oh, this is a shitty movie. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And th- th- there's a couple like big reach, like the overall scope of like the events of the movie, like, 
are pretty crazy. Like, oh, well, this one thing happened. We need major pain back there to kill people. So yeah. I got to pull you out of this role. And like, it becomes yeah. a a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes 90s comedy. <laughs> I would say the, the, the other things, I would say the, and the, the things that tread the line of, you know, like if, if you were making it today, would you do the scene? Are the, 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 the boys in the dresses in the quad, right? Yeah. And, and the scene that precedes it, which is like, we're going to frame him for being a, a diddler, basically, which yeah. I don't, I don't want to condemn that because again, it's another thing that would be an absolute mind. It's a minefield that's successfully traversed because it, it would be something that's like, I would never try to do that again, but it still comes off as like pretty funny with how it kind of ends. Yeah. Well, but, but also you have, you have little bits. Like we already talked about the line about him changing dresses, major yes. pain sleeping with his eyes open. Yes, <laughs> it's another, exactly. Like you, you put enough little funny nuggets in things that what potentially could be the bigger piece of chicken that is not going to taste great. You kind of forget about because all the dressing and the trimming is like, so tasty. If I can yeah. make a really forced analogy. Yeah, that was a really <laughs> Um, Samantha? I already went. For no, for stuff you didn't like. Oh, what I didn't yeah. like. Yeah, I mean I would agree, I think, with the um with a little bit of the counselor interactions. Like I understand, like they were telling like a love story, right? Like that's supposed to be the heart of it, and like we're supposed to like be enamored with him the same way she is with him kind of thing um but yeah they were a bit long um i otherwise i i I mean there wasn't anything like atrocious to me so you know i'm fine with with it i will say i think the final scene is a little corny as well i was gonna say as well practice what the the the, oh, I'm not talking about. I'm not oh, talking not about. I'm not talking about the drill scene. That is a little. I mean, little... you get you. It's 1995. You have to get a little uh, magoo. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. Well, that's what I was thinking was the drill scene. That's another one. It's like, uh, it's uh, it's all right. Well, you know? I know, yeah, the ending like with the dog. With 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 the blind kid and like him dog. being so nice. Like it's a little like tell mom to get my field knife. Like this is just the next semester, right? Right. right. <laughs> so it's like yeah. three months. Right. But but I agree with with Robert in that it's I a sucker for like competitions or like challenges and like comedy movies. Like I just always love like heavyweights and fucking anything, you know, uh, but it, it seems to always end on something where like I could make the case why they probably shouldn't win mm-hmm. <laughs> because then yeah. they're, out, they're without their best two people. It just looks kind of janky. You know, it's 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 a little you gotta appeal to the i will say that that final scene has one of my favorite like insert shots ever and probably goes a huge way in making it successful which is they cut to the judges right and they cut to the judges feet and they're like just subtly tapping their toes because the the boys are doing their their drill to this you know this hip-hop beat and that is, but that is, you know, kind of like you said, the type of little things that are engaging enough or are fun enough that like you can, you can swallow all the other 
right, you, you know, incongruities. It is perfectly timed too. <laughs> like, yes. They do an amazing job of making it sound like immaculate. Yeah. So I, yeah. I do, I do dig the shit out of that. Another thing I've always liked about '90s movies, uh, and I, I uh, two things. Uh, I'm a sucker for uh, dream sequences that changes the mind of a protagonist, which yes. the whole train station scene is, is good. Oh, when, when it's like that weird daydream. With well, he's seeing himself yes. out in the yard fence and he and drowns a terrorist yeah. in the yeah. kiddie pool. Um, but, but also, uh, anytime I can get a random ass professional wrestler cameo in a movie, I am We're all for it. it. So the whole it's an extent it's not a montage because it's like three or four back to back to back scenes of just like how they're going to get rid of him and you have them trying to like give him diarrhea and if you knock a kid out by farting you're always gonna get a laugh out of me yeah, yeah. Uh, also because that kid uh has been in everything and that 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 like freckled big-eared kid is just always funny whatever he's in uh but one of the things is they hire like a, a biker guy to come beat up major pain and it's uh legendary wrestler what bam bam bigelow say? Sam was once called Sam Sam Bigelow by a friend. <laughs> and like as a kid, like this came out in 95, like he just main evented WrestleMania against Lawrence Taylor. And I'm just like, holy shit, that's Bam Bam Bigelow. No one else knows. That. No, like I probably said it, <laughs> probably said in the theater. I was like, Mom, it's Bam Bam Bigelow. And she's like, shut up, they're gonna kick us out. I uh, forgot. I I had known that. And then I forgot about it, especially in all the time, you know, picking this or whatever, you what? know um but i was like oh yeah you know watching it again i was like oh this is gonna be even better yeah got a yeah, wrestler i remember like seeing the credits and be like his name's not scott <laughs> his name is bam bam hey, baby. um all right well i think we're at the mvp lvp point so uh time to name our mvps and lvps i think mvp is pretty easy <laughs> of who the mvp of the movie is i mean it wouldn't be what it is without damon it wouldn't yeah it absolutely yeah. wouldn't be um he uh, is major pain he is 100 the mvp i did write somebody else down because i wanted to have a brief conversation i really <laughs> like the actor who plays cadet stone i was gonna say the same thing he really? is like really oddly charismatic and good for like basically being the tertiary protagonist in a 90s comedy mm -hmm. he reminds me a lot of like mel gibson and bradley cooper like just in yes, like some of his like looks a lot like bradley cooper yeah like his mannerisms and the way he delivers lines and stuff and he's a believable like guy that you root for with a bit of an attitude yeah, yeah. and he holds his own against damon wayne's in the scenes i'm like why the fuck was this not guy not in like More. a bunch of other shit right he does not have an easy job he is no. you know there's the problem with a, one thing is, you know, there's so many hurdles. It's like you even lose track. It's like, what is age, right? Because they're all supposed to be kids or whatever, right? It's like, right. so how do you play someone that is theoretically still like an adolescent? You know, so you're 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 old enough to be rebellious, but you're still too young to just be like, well, I'm just gonna fuck off and do my own thing, like yep. most adults do, right? And I I really agree that it's it's very not quietly, but very subtly and well done, like how how good of a foil he is to pain and how sympathetic and just, yeah, I think, I think again, like the movie wouldn't be without uh, or what it is without Damon Wayans. But uh, aside from that obvious thing, I think stone is really great. I always, uh, when after the competition and it shows like the trophy and it has like the individual 
uh, achievement award. As a kid, I thought he died. <laughs> like, they tricked him to death. <laughs> like, He's died from a sprained ankle. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, funny. I, I, I just always thought that like, that's cool and he does deserve it. But like, I know that, like, how do the judges know that? They just know he fucking tripped. Like <laughs> I thought like theoretically tiger could probably deserve that award like more than him you know Absolutely. or whatever but so but obviously yeah yeah that is funny to think like yeah he died uh he broke his foot and then died <laughs> he got he got a really bad case of turf toe and they just couldn't fix it yeah so um funny. trying to find the actor steve martini steve martini that name rings a bell to me he well he's done a couple things i read about him because i thought the same thing he and his brother have written like two films that have been very well received in like the Tribeca or like indie circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which got, I think, a, a pretty wide release. And then I, I think hopefully it's just, it was more like a choice. I think he wanted to focus on like music and, um, and doing his own thing with his brother, as opposed to like, he got, uh, you know, he wasn't able to continue acting. Yeah, just was just wasn't his thing, you know. He wanted that's to do okay. something. Yeah, he goes by the or, or his band is also it's something or it might be Martini, his last name Spaceship, because that is his nickname is Spaceship because yep. he was spacey. <laughs> yes, the Spaceship Martini is is oh, the band name. Very nice. Uh, congratulations, Damon Wayans becomes a multi-time MVP for the the podcast. It's uh, no for Bulletproof, I believe. Oh, Bulletproof, not Wayans. I think he was the MVP. Um, that's the only other Damon Wayne's movies I can think of that we've done. Um, so he now joins the multi-time MVP list there. Um, we got to have a one-off just Wayne's family podcast because I don't even know I'd say it's the MVP of the Wayne's family. For me, it probably would be Damon because Whoa. when I get into like Marlon and Sean. White girls. Uh, white chicks. I, I mean, I know there's a, a big contingent of people that like that movie, and I am a not haunted. You ever seen a haunted house? I, I just recently have heard a lot of good things about it. <laughs> yeah, um, but between like, and that, he was in Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, like like <laughs> Marlon Wayans was almost Robin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's supposed to be fucking Robin. I like Marlon Wayans as an actor. He was also supposed to, I believe, I don't know if he is still supposed to be. The guy playing the rich uh, in the Richard Pryor biopic, which I could like see and believe. I could totally believe oh, that. Wow. Um, Sean Wayne's is whatever. Uh, Keenan Ivory, I just don't know a lot of about. I'm uh, more so familiar with like you know him spearheading and living color and directing like I'm gonna get you sucker. Um, yeah. And then I know like the newer Wayans. Well, there's another Wayans in this movie. His son, right? I think it's his nephew. It's his nephew. nephew. Yes. Is is um the kind of like there's Dwight. so many weigh-ins. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So and then we have like the more modern weigh-ins, uh, who was in um Oh his Let's son, Be Cops. Uh, Damon Wayans Jr. Yeah. Was he I don't think he was on New Girl. He's been in a ton of stuff. Um yeah, it was a new girl, okay. Yeah, he's the one from New Girl. Uh yeah, but to me it's Damon. Damon Wayans is who I think of when I think of Wayans. Uh, but who do you think of when I say LVP of major pain? How about that for a segue? Uh, I have a couple, but I want to see what everyone's uh, thinking of, of who the LVP of the movie is. That um, that squad leader guy of the Wellington Academy. I wrote him down immediately. <laughs> Dotson. Dotson. I, I have Dotson as one of the two on my list. So I, I struggle with this because he was way too annoying. What, but was that him or was that the writing of the character? 
I, but he did this Oh, that's not even close. Then he made him sound like, like Miss Swan from Matt TV. Um, <laughs> I don't do impressions on the show. I leave that to you. Part of it was the character because they made the character very much like a, a waffler. Like a, like when he has to do very the dress, like he's like, I'm in. And then like he's not in when they're going to do like uh, go to the academy and try to steal the trophy. Right. He has like a, a grading presence that like. A voice and a presence. Yeah. Is that what you feel like when I'm around? Uh, plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so he was one that I had. The other yeah. one I have, and it's hard to judge because he's really only in one scene, and I love him because he's a legend, but is uh, William Hickey, the principal? Mm-hmm. I love him. He's Uncle Lewis in Christmas Vacation, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, oh, yeah, he's the movie. doctor, right? In, wait, who is he in Nightmare Before Christmas? Uh, yeah, he's Dr. Finkelstein. Okay, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, he's you know, such a notable look, notable voice. But then he's picking up... Bugs? No, just like, there's one scene with Damon Wayans. I'm like, why did we get him? Like, like why he's so yeah. he's like it's not even hard. really there. <laughs> like it doesn't seem like it almost felt like I was watching elder abuse happen. Like he just seems like he's not present in the movie. It kind of is like I, I'm with you. I I don't mind it, but I would say it's like that easily could have been like a deleted scene because it yes. doesn't have context to the rest of the movie. You could easily just chop it out and you wouldn't lose a beat, right? But it's like, so you decided to keep that one in, huh? Well, I guess you liked it. It, it definitely felt like maybe there was more that was deleted and they're like, we can't use this. Let's just make sure like he's in yeah. it so they know like there's a figurehead. And exactly. then like, later on they yes. added a line that was just like, oh, uh, Dr. Phillips ain't going to do anything. Like right. he's the old man out catching butterflies. And then later you see him scooping yeah. a butterfly and that's yeah. it. But like, I'm not saying like the movie needed that other like figurehead character like hammer and pain to like win the trophy or you know be better with the boys yeah, you but it also it. didn't need that one scene that was very kind of yeah. awkward so those would be my two i don't know if anybody else has any other ones um well, i yeah i feel kind of harsh bringing it but um i do think that I feel bad. I didn't even look it up, but the, the, the female lead, I mean, and it's like we talked about, like, it's not really all her performance that's like driving it. It's a lot of like the part, I think at the same time, I do think like there are potentially because there are so many charged moments with mm-hmm. uh, major pain that there are more could be done in that part. Uh, maybe someone with maybe more ability could react a little more to when there's guns going off or stuff like that. Yeah. She def she definitely, I think had some area for, for improvement in some of those scenes. It was more like she was like ignoring those things happening. I yeah. feel like. Yeah. But I didn't realize that was the same actress. From Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Of course. I didn't know that it was Hillary. Yeah. I didn't realize it was like completely different. That's almost, me. that's almost like watching it now. Cause I, I didn't watch the Fresh Prince back when it was actually on basically when this movie came out. Yeah. So like now watching it, it's distracting to me because like now that I've seen more Fresh Prince, I'm like, oh yeah, it's Hillary. No, but yeah. like I, I didn't make the connection. I think she was not recognizable to that character yeah. at least. For, I, I, I would say her versus Dotson, I, I would make my, I would make my decision based off of what we were saying of percentage of performance versus character. 
where I think like for her, I think it's probably like 60, 40, like 40s male written directed. You, you, you got to chalk up a little bit of that as well. Whereas for Dotson, it's just like, I thought the, the director was just like, hey, can we bring that down to like a 9.5? He's like, yeah, you got it. And it's like, sorry, fuck, man. <laughs> So that 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 would be my vote. I would still lean in the in the realm of of Dotson. I'm good with whatever you guys decide. I I I think it was Dotson too, but I say we give her a pass for the pop the coochie dance. <laughs> it's say. tough, right? I mean, because he's. It's. I think it's just tough with like an intentionally dislikable character. It's yes. like, well, you're not supposed to like him. So, yeah, is he accomplishing that intentionally? Is he doing it too much? But I, I mean, certainly, I mean, even now I can like hear this guy's voice. in my yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you could you could be disliked in that character. Like you could do it with with some nuance to be like a little bit of a worm, like as opposed to yes. just being grating. Yes. And you could even, you know, he he has sympathetic moments, like when he gets the command taken away from him mm-hmm. and. It, it, like I can recognize that the actor is like hurt or whatever the character is hurt, but if he was less annoying, maybe it would be even more impactful. If you yes. liked him a little more and you re- were like, "Wow, I mean, this guy, it really was important to him, and I don't hate him, but and, I hate him." So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I kind of infer again, like I think he was supposed to be a bigger deal because, like, when you see that he's now on the rival yes. cadet team it's kind of thrown underneath the radar of like him doing that. Yeah. He he trips, you know, stone later, but like it's, there's no real payoff to it. It's just like, it's just kind of how it is. Yeah. And you could say that possibly is because of the, the lack of subtlety that the character had. There was a whole subplot between the principal and that kid (laughs) uh, conspiring to wreck, uh, you know, major, Bane's plans. Get rid of it all. So yeah. <laughs> that was a great point, Mullet and Sam. <laughs> I don't peel behind the curtain. We just had a massive technical difficulty, but we're back. And we just named Andrew Leeds the LVP of Major Pain. Damon Wayans. The LVP of our podcast. Yes. And Damon Wayne's the MVP of uh, Major Pain. This doesn't happen when we record on the couch with the old iPad. Those Apple people, they make good products. I drank heavily while <laughs> I was waiting yeah, for this to come too. back. Me Perfect. Too. So, anything else? Of course, this happened right as we were wrapping up. Anything yeah. else we did not tackle for major pain? There's one thing that this technical difficulty almost cost us, but but um, before I get to that, what is there anything else on major pain? No, I, I think we covered everything. I I wish that movies would kind of go back to being this way, which is like just kind of fun and easy. Um, I'll just take fun, easy, the comedies like they don't make comedies anymore. I I have a theory. um, It's like a half baked one, which is like the best kind. But I love them. So um, I'm not going to bat for this movie like as anything amazing by any means. But Freddie Got Fingered came out in like june of 2001 and then like two or three months later september 11th happens and i just to me that comparison is like the world has just changed so much 
and and I believe everything in the last 20 years or so has kind of all come from September 11th. And the world is such a different place. I think it's really gated off so many of these movies, you know, that were kind of lighthearted and funny. And like, even if they were not raunchy, but had like risque things in them, it was like, it's all fun. It's all okay. Major Payne can shoot a gun around these kids because he's not actually going to shoot any of these kids, right? Right, right, right. And so the world is just so different now that I, I have an extra layer of nostalgia for stuff like this because it was like, yeah, it was like post-Cold War and pre-everything is going to explode. Yeah. You know? It was the That's airy, uh, we watched on the recommendation of uh, Rich yesterday on HBO Max documentary what? called Beanie Mania. It's like a quick hour and 22 minute documentary Wait. about the Beanie Babies. <laughs> we watched something similar on Vice uh, not too long ago. We had many of the Vice. same documentary uh, dark side of the 90s dark side of the 90s yeah. okay gotcha and they done one on it good. um but they're talking about you know how beanie babies are very much a pre like 9-11 concept yeah. um and just how airy and light and easy the 90s were yeah, yeah. How frivolous <laughs> and being was. being three to 13 years old in the 90s was pretty cool to me you know what i mean like I, I love the era, era that I grew up in as opposed to my daughter will be uh, 3 through 13 in the years 2020 <laughs> through 2030. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a little a little rough. But um, yeah, one other point. Uh, the second point on comedies. So like this era of comedies, yes, just based off of generation and innocence, but also like we're not even going to have like Apatow movies. Like those don't even fucking happen anymore. Like, and if they do, you get like, you get good ones granted, but they're all through streaming platforms and they're all independent films that get gobbled up by streamers that need content like Palm Springs or vacation friends movies. I absolutely adore and think are great, but the days of us every single month going to the theater and checking out the new Vince Vaughn movie, the new Seth Rogen movie, the new Steve Carell movie, the new romantic comedy with this up and comer and this girl. Like they're not, we're not going to have that anymore. Like it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, go ahead. I was like, they'll, they'll just make a, a a eight episode limited series for it and try to win Emmys because they can win those and they can get it more eyes to other projects. So yeah, and it, and it, and it well, it doesn't make money. It, 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 it makes money because it, it, it adds viewers, but. Right. Right. And it, we, it's another side effect of like this transition of format, you know, that you can't even, and, and I'm with you when you just said about like the airtime that had to be filled in like basic cable, you know, was like mm-hmm. filled by, again, not any kind of prestige, you know, any kind of original programming, but just like reruns and stuff. And I think with every, with every format change, you see a certain type of, of art or film or whatever. That's like, you don't get as much anymore because, you know, it's like, well, now, now the production aspect of movies is just as different as, as everything else. And uh, yeah. So again, you know, nice movies today, but you don't get a lot that are like this classic. And and I, I, what I said earlier, I'm not going to watch Red Rocket 50 times. Right. I've watched Major sure. Pain and caught it on TV Great point. times. Great and point. I, I will, I will, if I had a choice between those two on TV, I know which one I'm turning on. I find it as a deterrent a lot of the times, like how how good movies are. Or yeah. like, 
Yeah. You know, sometimes like it's the, the content they're, they're serious. It's like, Oh, I don't want to watch that now. But like, if I know something's great and I know I'm not going to pay my full attention to it, I don't watch it. And then I end up never watching it. Whereas Same. like, I just like the great Gatsby, I threw it on mm-hmm. and it caught my attention enough that I watched it. So when um, I was working from home, like when the COVID really hit and I was like, kind of like easing into working from home and I could very much multitask. I wouldn't put on the list of things I'd been waiting to see. I was rewatching fucking role models on Amazon Prime Video or Harold and Kumar, you know, like like things that I've seen so many times that can be background noise that are just like a warm blanket. Yes. Uh, And that's necessary. I I remember like when Pluto TV first started, it was very much like that. Like the movie channels would be like, holy shit, I can't believe they're playing the 1998 Odd Couple sequel. Yeah. I'll put that on as background noise. <laughs> I turned on Pluto TV today. They were playing like no shit at the same time. There will be blood, Zodiac, and like a third movie. I was like, motherfucker, I'm not going to put this on right now. I'm eating dinner. Mm-hmm. It was just like really, really crazy. Like even how like that medium has changed mm-hmm. because it needs the eyes in that way. And the other way wasn't getting it done. So they had to pay more money to get, you know, more prestige things. No, for sure. But before we, the three of us, score this movie, I have to get a very, very quick review of Major Pain by, uh, uh, really, this is a get for us. Um, we oh, talked about him so earlier. Um, we kept it under wraps. Yeah, yeah. under he, wraps initially, you know, just because we didn't want to. We didn't want to distract everyone from the rest of the show. I, I may I may put his name in the title of the podcast, or I may not want to get sued. Uh, <laughs> uh, esteemed film director, auteur, uh, David Lynch is here. David, thank you so much for joining us. They're they're there now. They're there on the screen. Oh, I see. <laughs> Hello, Mullet. Hello, Samantha. Hello, David. Or is it Mr. Lynch? It is David Lynch. <laughs> Hello, Hi, David, David Lynch. Lynch. It is an honor to speak to you both. I am quite the movie enthusiast, and I'm a longtime listener, first-time guest. Oh, thank you, David. Well, we you we, can guess on our show anytime. Uh, we're we're horrible at, at booking because we we gave you so little time on this episode to to go over uh, the movie we talked about with our good friend Robert Colomberti. Uh, the 1995 comedy film Major Pain. I just want to know quickly what your thoughts and your reviews were for the movie Major Pain. Well, it, it was a direct inspiration uh, when I was uh, percolating the ideas that became Mulholland Drive. <laughs> I, I, I see, I see. I see it, I see it. I see remnants the yeah. is the yeah. word. Yeah. The connection's obvious enough. I don't uh, think we even need to go in. But uh, uh, yes, these types of performances, these things, uh, they're just, uh, as you've said, the system today is so fucked up and filled yeah. with promotion that you don't get this kind of film, this kind of film experience anymore. You don't. You don't. Uh, have, you, have you worked with Damon Wayans in the past before? He was initially the lead in Inland Empire. Okay. But then last minute he had to drop out. And of course, uh, Laura Byrne filled in uh, very admirably. Admirably. Woo, I'm tired. 
That's <laughs> okay, buddy. You're good. Uh, but I hope to work with with Damon and the whole Wayne's clans in the future. I would love that. I would absolutely that love that. That would be amazing. I, I just want you back. We'll have you back on the podcast. Obviously. Maybe we'll have you on either. When you, would you prefer to be back on when we do one of your films, David, or when we do somebody else's film? Yes, I'd like to explain... I'd like you to watch Dune with the sound off and I will, I will just give a play by play for the entire three and a half hours of my, my cut of Dune. I don't like watching Dune, but I will do it for you too. Oh, oh we appreciate that. Thank you. Thank I mean, you, so much. you give me so many hours of entertainment. If you haven't, if you don't follow at DL every Friday on, on Twitter, it's just David Lynch saying it's a Friday once again, uh, every single Friday. Um, it's great work, David, and it's it's some of the best Thank stuff you. I've ever seen you in. Thank you very much, Mullet. Thank you, Sam. You're welcome. Anything you'd like to plug before you head out? No, no thanks. <laughs> fair. Very fair. All right, David, we'll talk to you soon. David Lynch, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah, bye. Oh, what a guy. What a what? dude. <laughs> what a guy. What a, what, a, what a kook. What a good guy. Well, we have his guest. review. He's so like you don't even know he's here. Yeah. No, you, you don't. You don't. Uh, I I will I will honor the levels of kayfabe and not say what I want to say out loud right now. But you say it after we're done. Yeah, I will. I will. Scoring and get... exactly. We got his review. It's time for our review. We scored on a scale of one to ten. You are allowed to go half points. We always defer to the guest first. Robert, what is your score for Major Pain? Uh, sorry, can I ask for more uh, parameter just in terms of like enjoyability, like good or bad? A, uh, a, a combination of so I, I personally always rate it based off of sentimentality. Yes, on. quality of the actual film has to take into account there. Uh, I do a good combination, like a 50 50 of the two. He's he loves bad movies as well, so he's also yeah. not a very good judge of score, but I am a critic. Okay. Um, movies that are undeserving of your critic views. Um, uh, I get, I'm going to go with an eight. Okay. I, I like it a lot. It's funny. I can rewatch it. Um, a 7.5 would probably be better, but um, there's a lot of other, a lot of other movies you could say you, we can watch this or watch major pain, especially with other people. I'll be yes. like, let's watch major pain. You know? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm giving it a seven. Um, so I was your seven and a half was kind of right in the middle of what I was thinking. Yeah, it's just fun, and don't overthink it. Just watch it, and while you're watching it, and you do accidentally overthink it, you're still not going to be disappointed because it does have it does have some parts to it that are really really nice and really yeah. emotional and just work. It does, it does have problems? Of course it does. <laughs> but fucking everything does. <laughs> so these are these could be worse. So yeah, a solid seven for Major Pain. Samantha? Um, yeah, you know, talking about it with you guys did sway me a little bit. But like I said um, earlier on the show, I did enjoy this surprisingly. So I think that also boosted my score a little bit just because I was not expecting it to be as like endearing as I felt like it was and as authentic as we already discussed it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think it, it did a good job of just like you being fun and yeah. just embracing it 
and being fun even now. Like it didn't age poorly like we talk about with a lot of movies. Um, yeah, I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to give it a seven and yeah. a half. Yeah. So it averages out yeah, to that seven, seven and, and a half. half. So I think that's, that's pretty accurate and fair. And a good start. Well, excellent. It's a 2022. Excellent. I just want to say the I have to rail against it's it's like 33 on Rotten Tomatoes yep. right now. Like it, it's one of the Rotten Tomatoes things that it's like it is clear that obviously the critics have not reviewed this since it came out. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised by like audience. Well, I mean, maybe audience just haven't voted on it since then. Oh, actually, it's way improved since the last time I looked at it. Yeah. The audience score is 68 percent on this. Yeah. Yeah, but, but right. I think that's fairly accurate for this kind of movie that came out at this yes. time. We've yes. talked about this before on the show where, like, these movies are the ones that you either, like, we either love it or we don't mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. And, like, we hate it. But, you know, I, I think- am pleased to see that. Though. I really think that that had the audience, too, I think had been lo- way lower in the past. Yeah. It's a 6.3 on IMDb. And that's honestly higher than a lot of these movies tend to get yeah. on IMDb just because you have the mix Who's of the like it? 10 out of 10, my family loves this, yeah. and one out of yeah. 10, like deplorable script. And it's like, it's major pain. Yeah. Fuck you. What did you right. think? It was like a fellowship yeah. uh, screenplay. So, a so, Nichols fellowship screenplay. So as I'm the expert on now. Uh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, a 7.5 for Major Pain, our first movie of 2022. We have a couple more bangers here for the month of January. Next week is my birthday movie. We are watching Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I'm oh, very yes. excited. Mm-hmm. And the week after that, we'll be watching Life Aquatic with Steve Another Zizou. Wonderful. Movie for you. And we can go ahead and announce uh, our next guest, as we are prone to do when we have our, our current guest on, announced for the month of February valentine's day so you gotta have another couple on the show and i believe it is the couple that has been married uh in our group of friends the longest besides us i believe that's correct uh michael and Brittany Whitten. oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. oh wonderful here yes the Whittens. yeah uh i already feel sad that they could have gone three different directions so i was just waiting for you oh no those are the two those are the two married couples are divorced I think I know one of those. I'll have yeah, to ask. I, I think yeah. it is only. I uh, one is only a friend. The other one is a family divorce. We <laughs> so ah. happened uh, within a day. They have the same weekend. Yeah, fun same weekend. weekend. Um, so yeah, so the Widdens will be on. I feel sad already <laughs> that I know like one of the movies they'd probably dominate. We've already done for the show, but we'll maybe get into that when we do the episode with them uh, in about a month's time. Until then. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media, uh, at Married W Movies on Twitter, facebook.com slash Married with Movies. Send us an email, marriedwithmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget, it is Mullet Award season. So voting is now open for the 2021 Mullet Awards. Listen to the nomination show last week arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets voting will be open until the deep March. of March because the Oscars are now like halfway through the fucking year. That's how we always <laughs> time that stuff out. So uh, we already got a lot of votes we in. Did. Thank we did. Thank you to everyone who, who's already voted. We have, uh, we I have hope some, you picked my stuff. We have some hot and heavy races, but it's going to change a lot because we do have a couple months. Um, for me, at your host, Mullet38 on Instagram. 
arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggo for my retro wrestling diary, where I am still in 1995. We've already talked about this. Almost you are done. gonna be in 1995 for the rest of your life. I believe it's like Groundhog no. Day in 1995. I actually only have one more 1995 show to watch. I just I'm I'm ahead of schedule based on my writing. So this week it's World War Three 1995, the first ever 60 man three ring battle royal. How it have is we never done wow. that? Wow. It is impossible to shoot, so you miss half the eliminations. Ah, ah, uh, Tope and I did do it for Podswoggle, and it was one of the worst nights of both of our lives. Ah, <laughs> Nothing worse than Tope having to drink like 17 shots of beer for Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Uh, Samantha? At Jam with your Sam. Uh, Robert, anything <laughs> you would like to plug or promote? Or uh, can find you? You can find me. Yeah, you can find me because you can find me at a surprisingly small number of places, but I do still have an Instagram. So you can find me on real.rob.bravo. So uh, yeah, if you want to find me, you can find me there. And if you're not um, strange, then I'd love to meet you or talk to you <laughs> about movies or whatever. And um, yeah, who knows? But I'll definitely be around. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys uh, for the upcoming festivities in Orlando. Uh, for watching the Royal Rumble. When people are hearing it, it's two weeks away. So, I mean, for it's still two, it's it's still two, two weeks, weeks away. away. <laughs> episode airs in, in three I forgot, we were going to record this last week. Yeah, but something So I keep thinking it's last week because this whole first half of the year has been an absolute blur to me. With how busy I've been it's at been work. It's been two weeks. Else. Yeah, it feels like it's been nine months already. Trust me, I know. Yes. It's open enrollment season. But, I thought they were kidding. But Rumble season. It's also Rumble season. So close. So close. Big old time. And it's on a Saturday. We have National Royal Rumble Covery Day is a Sunday, and we're all still gonna be hanging out with each other. It's gonna be wonderful. Normally it's like ah, oh, everyone has to go home now and think about what they did. Now we get the wall in it together. <laughs> National drive home hungover day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, any final thoughts, Robert? Uh, love you guys uh, uh, thank you so much for having me and uh, yeah just an absolute pleasure this was great absolutely love, was. love you too brother and we'll have you again soon uh, for one of those weird movies we were talking about yeah absolutely or, or Robocop yeah or let's watch Definitely. Major Pain again yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure for Mullet this is Mullet and Colin Verde signing out for this week's episode of married with movies we'll catch you next time on our couch or the table slash the movies is it better to put pop the coochie at the beginning or the end just both i can't do both you can do both again i have my rules robert beginning or end i'm thinking end but i don't know i like a lot of booty that's big and plenty girl you know you've been had by me so come and be my private dancer i got some money if that's the answer i really wanna be with you i get hard after seeing you how hard Hard like a rock when you make that coochie pop. Pop that coochie, hey! Pop that coochie, baby, pop! Pop that coochie, hey! Pop that coochie, baby, pop! Pop that coochie, pop! Pop that coochie, baby, pop! Pop pop the coochie, pop! Pop that coochie, baby! Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.